Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln, Thursday, January 19th, and I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander. He's going to be back on Monday. Here's the thing, Johnny. The weather got a little nasty yesterday, but it could have been a lot worse than it was. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get all the snow that they thought, thought was going to come. The ice was bad enough. Hopefully you stayed safe. Hopefully you uh, tuned in KLIN as they took care of everything LNK today in the morning. I listened to them, you know, school closings and all that stuff going on. So it's going to be cold, though. I mean, that's all i got to say about the weather for the rest of the week. It's just going to be cold uh, in the 30s pretty much for the next 10 days. So uh, 30s for the high and then the teens for the lows. So it'll be a little bit chilly. The ice will probably stick around a little bit. So watch for refreezing and all that stuff as you're driving around, especially as you're walking, uh, and make sure that you're safe outside. Now, Johnny, I've got a question for you. You always like a question at the beginning of the show. Nebraska women's basketball is going to be in town, yes. right, at Pinnacle Bank. Or no, not at... Uh, yeah, Pinnacle Bank. Yep, Pinnacle Bank uh, Arena. On Sunday. The Sunday. One o'clock. Yes, You're sir. going, right? I will be there. Have you ever been to a game before? I love going to Nebraska women's basketball games. Yeah, I usually go to probably two or three a season. Um, so I, I have a, a friend who gets season tickets every nice. year, and I'm like his go-to person to uh, bring as like one of his guests. So it's, I don't know, I love the atmosphere there. Oh. Like I've been to plenty of men's basketball games, and those are fun too. But it's something about the women's basketball games I tend to enjoy more. Well, I I watch them, and they are intense. They're fun to watch, action packed. I've never been, I've oh, never been to okay. a women's basketball game. So that's uh, one of my uh, one of my goals that I need to get done this year. They're going to take on number eleven Maryland, a big game. So uh, check it out if you want to go get tickets. Like you can you can even see Johnny there. That's right. Uh, I'll be there the probably there, the front row. Everybody on. <laughs> All right, so we had a great interview with State Senator Julie Slama yes, or on Tuesday. Um, very insightful, inspiring. Uh, she's 26, and she shared how she got involved with politics at 22, becoming the youngest woman senator to serve on the floor and the first woman to chair the Banking, Commerce, and Insurance Committee this year. Uh, we also talked about her passion for sports, Title IX, uh, some of the political shenanigans that the Democrats polled um, this week on the floor, and a lot more. If you missed that, check out the podcast on Tuesday's show. All you have to do is go to KLN.com and or go to the KLN app and look up Drive Time Lincoln. Tomorrow we're going to have a great show. Special Agent Steve Bell from the DEA in Omaha is going to talk about the fentanyl epidemic that's going on here in Lincoln, in Nebraska, and around the country. Over one million lethal doses of fentanyl were seized in Nebraska last year. It's the highest amount ever. And also, there are some ways that they're actually lacing um, actual drugs that people are taking with fentanyl. So we want to talk about that. We want to educate everybody to make sure that we're safe with that so again uh special agent steve bell from the dea will be on the show tomorrow all right so well we've got the next primary coming up for the city of lincoln on april 4th uh here in just uh, about three months and we have the mayor's race ramping up as well as along with a few uh, city council seats that will be on the ballot today we're honored to have dr elena newman back in the studio dr newman has put her hat in the ring for the district three city council seat um and again that'll be on the uh, ballot in april if you've got a question or a comment for Elena, all you have to do is text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400. Johnny's going to open that up right now. So, Dr. Newman, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. So good to have you here. 
Thank you. I'm I'm glad to be back. Like I said last time, I feel like I'm part of staff. I know. There you go. Well, you're here about Swing seven weeks ago. It? Yeah, I was. And I so was. Glad to be back. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, back then, you had just submitted your name uh, for the city council seat to fill the vacancy left by Jane Raybould, uh, who was elected to the state legislature. Eleven people applied for that, including yourself, um, for the Southwest District 3 spot. Seven women, four men, five Democrats, four Republicans, two nonpartisan. And they filled that seat with Democrat Michelle um, Cerez. And so um, what is your take on that? Before we get into your story and all that, what's your take on that as you submitted your name for for the city council? I mean, I was definitely excited for the opportunity to be able to uh, put my name into the hat for the appointment. I'm kind of sad that I didn't get the spot. Uh, and I do have a question, and, and it's a question that I've been asking uh, for a very long time, not only uh, as it pertains to the city council spot, uh, but also as it pertains to our legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of unique in that we have spots that are supposed to be nonpartisan, but it just seems like everything I hear is surrounded by party, 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 party. Right. And, and Jack's talked about that a lot. Yeah. Know. And so, you know, my question is, is that if it's truly nonpartisan, I, I mean, is it or is it not? I, right. I guess I'm kind of confused. So during that process, you submit, submit your name. Did you get contacted at all? Yes. Or did you? Yep. What is the process that they actually go through? So um, the process was basically i mean i actually didn't realize i was going to be contacted i thought it was just going to be you submit a resume they look over the stuff and then they decide on who mm-hmm. was going to be appointed but i was um i was happy um when i was contacted by um councilwoman washington and councilwoman ward and then i was also ca- uh, contacted by councilman uh, beckius so uh, i spoke to the the three individuals from the city council and we had good conversations. Um, we agreed on some things. Um, we, I guess, I guess we agreed on a lot of things, um, but it's just, it wasn't in the, you know, it wasn't in the, in the stars at this mm-hmm. point and it wasn't my time, but I am, you know, onward and upward. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm forging ahead and I'm still going to run my campaign as, as was intended. Well, I, that, that's encouraging to me that they actually reached out to you, and several did, uh, yeah, in the process, yeah. rather than, like I said, my assumption was, and I don't know anything about the process, but my assumption was, well, they would just pick somebody and, yeah. and move forward. But yeah, they, and that was they my... did contact you and, yes. and walk through a whole process of getting yes. to know you. Yes, yeah. And I, I've been before the city council before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I'm... They know who I am. I, I've communicated with them regularly about, and I do communicate with them regularly about issues, uh, because I believe that... Um, you know, we, we have the opportunity to communicate with our city leadership and, and we do need to take those opportunities, uh, because how else do they know what you're feeling or how you, what you believe or what, what your thoughts are about on, you know, what your thoughts are about an issue. And so, yeah, I communicate with them regularly. Um, Sandra Washington has always, uh, responded to me. Um, and so as, some as have some others, mm-hmm. but she probably was the one that responds to me the most. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I mean, it wasn't, it was a overall, I, it would be kind of like I would expect an interview to be. Good. 
Well, hey, before we jump into really the priorities that you're passionate about as you run for city council uh, for the third district seat, I, uh, you know, for people who may not know you and your story, which is very powerful, I think people need to understand where you come from because it really, um, it's your purpose for why you're actually running for city council. Share, share with us about yourself, your story, your, you know, where you, how you grew up, and then ultimately how um, that you know, kind of wound its way into leading you into politics, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I've been on the show before. I've said my story. Um, I've shared my story many times, but just the Cliff Notes version. I came from the former USSR, uh, immigrant refugee, literally came here with nothing, never really had a home. Um, you know, wherever we were at, we were always at risk of being told to leave because we didn't really belong anywhere. And so when we came here in 1993, my family made it a priority to get our citizenship because citizenship is a guarantee that you are now in in the collective of that country. You can't be told to leave. You are part of that is your home. And so when we got our citizenship, I embraced every opportunity that citizenship had to offer. And one of those opportunities is running for office. Hmm. And. You know, throughout my life, like I said, nothing came easy. Everything that has happened, uh, I've, t- I've taken opportunities. I've been given opportunities, and then I took those opportunities and just kind of ran with them. If they work, great. If they don't, I learn something. So just because, and I, you know, I, I'm an educator, and so I always tell my students, failure is always a first attempt in learning. It's, it's hmm. never the end. It's yep. the beginning. And so... I live that in my everyday life. It's only the end if you allow it to be. Correct. Right? Yep. And so, you know, I came from um, basically impoverishment. As I mentioned, we never had, we really didn't have a home, didn't have a lot to our name. So home ownership was very important to my family. Being independent was very important to our family. Education was very important to our family. And especially for me as a young woman, where I'm from, women don't have the opportunities that I have here. Mm. And so I take everything, you know, every opportunity I'm given, I try to take it plus some. So I I give 150% to everything that I do. And for those of you who have, who question whether I do give 150%, I mean, how many candidates for city council wrap their car? <laughs> I mean, is it wrapped? Yes, it I is need to wrapped. Check it, out. it has my logo. It has my name, both sides. Um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm all in. So, you know, I, I, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't be more committed than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is good. So if you see her driving around, give her a little honk and in a wave. So it's uh, 519. We're talking with Dr. Elena Newman, candidate for the uh, District 3 County uh, City Council seat on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. All right. Uh, what was the what was the spark that really caused you to say, you know what, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to I'm going to run for office this time. You ran about a year ago, correct? A couple of years ago. A couple of years yeah. ago. And now you're rerunning again. Yeah, the cattle, you know, the the catalyst in that entire thing was uh, the July 2020 and the riots. And it brought back a lot of um, stuff that a lot of a lot of my feelings, thoughts, uh, behaviors, I would say, were repressed. And so when the riots started happening, I started patrolling my house. I started trying to understand why I was patrolling my house. I was trying to understand 
why um why I was behaving the way that I was and and to me as someone who's been in psychology for for a long time it is important to me that my actions thoughts behaviors morals values all align and when my body started doing things that the patrolling that I couldn't understand I wanted to understand why I was doing that and so at the end of the day I realized that the reason I was doing that was because when we were forced out of our home the um people the the group that wanted us out came in through the windows and mm. so I my body was kind of going into survival mode and so after that as I was kind of watching uh, things unfold I started paying attention to policies I started paying attention to um, certain things that were being said um, I started paying attention to um, you know how we were handling certain certain aspects of, of how the city was run I started seeing uh, some things happening on the federal level like the um, over aggressive printing of money which USSR economy failed twice Hmm. And it's it was the same kind of thing, uh, kind of the same uh, on a small scale um, here, but the same kind of things were happening that were happening back home. And so that kind of woke me up and um, I started speaking up. I started sharing my story. Uh, I went before the city council. I'm one of the you know, I was one of the um, first individuals to uh, specifically mention well, specifically address the council about ensuring that they spent a little more time ensuring that exceptions were being followed with masking mandates. Because for someone like me who has experienced the trauma that I've experienced, masking, you might as you might as well cut off oxygen mm. because it, it it created a lot of um and just talking right now, I can feel my heart rate going up because of just how much anxiety it creates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, the text line open. Rick Stein Recognition uh, Hotline is available, 402-479-1400. And uh, we've got a, a question from Scott who's listening in. He just asked, why are you running nonpartisan? So as you look at this, you look at getting involved um, and um, everything that happened, you know, during the pandemic and the way things were 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 happening at the time. Why did you choose then um, to get involved with a nonpartisan background? So based on where I come from, my life has been filled with labels. Hmm. I've always had a label attached to me. And. The way I see my role on the city council, it's not supposed to be political. It's supposed to be about people. Um, It's supposed to be about addressing concerns. It's about trying to find a middle ground. It's trying to have the hard conversations that it seems few people want to have. When you or when you take on a label, it it doesn't matter how you what you believe. You will almost always get um, shut down by either side. So 
on one end, it'll be, well, no, because you don't have this label, we don't want to listen to. On the other end, well, because you don't have this label, we don't want to listen to. I just want to be, I want to be me. Hmm. I want people to look at my platform. I am the new face of politics. I want to be, I want people to do their research and not vote according to labels because this is a nonpartisan race. And I don't have to choose a party. I believe that there's value on both sides and you can find better truth somewhere in the middle. And I think a lot of people, a lot of times we forget that. And we, you know, based upon our background, the way we grow up, our philosophies, worldview, whatever it might be, um, it limits us sometimes, if we allow it to, from hearing from other people, from learning from other people, from growing to understand what other people are going through at the time and right now. And how can you best serve then in a leadership position, especially as you're leading the city of Lincoln, right? Uh, You know, several hundred thousand people. Um, guiding them along the way if you're not willing to be open to hearing everybody and taking that into account. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, we, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of uh, issues and, and priorities and your platform when we come back. We're going to talk about tax relief, crimes being up. You know, we're going to talk about the number of officers we have on the street, public safety, property tax, convention center. There's so much, Elena, uh, that we're going <laughs> to dig into. Uh, you're going to stick around for the second half of the show, and we really appreciate you being here. It is 525, and you are listening to Drive time lincoln on the voice of lincoln 1499 klin you're getting the 411 from dtl with commander jack riggins on 1499.3 klin Welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. It is 28 degrees. Feels like 21, Johnny, outside. Uh, it's going to be uh, cold pretty much for the rest of the week and weekend. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander this week. Uh, let's take a quick look at Husker uh, Sports. The men's basketball team, my goodness, they improved to 10 and 9 with a great win over Ohio State last night, uh, moving to 3 and 5 in the conference. On Saturday, they take on Penn State. Pre-game will be at 12:15. tip off at 1:15. You can hear that game right here on KLIN. Then the Husker 12 and seven women's basketball team they also had a great win last night over purdue they're now four and four in conference play on sunday uh, they have a big game and johnny's going to that one against number nine maryland right here in lincoln and we talked about it a little bit on tuesday but the husker baseball team can you believe it we're talking baseball already they're going to have their first game on february 17th first pitch will be at eight o'clock on february 17th so if you are a sports fan a baseball fan get ready for that we've been having a great conversation with dr Alina Newman. She's running for city council uh, for the District 3 chair. And uh, we're going to come back uh, in just a few minutes. She's going to talk about uh, some of the issues that uh, people are asking about, which is tax relief. Uh, We have crime up, and why do we not have as many officers on the streets as we should? So we'll talk about public safety. Property taxes. I think a lot of the assessments came in, and people are getting their their clocks rung a little bit with the amount of uh, increase in property tax assessments. So we'll talk about that. The convention center, um, uh, the, 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 there's an, a, a bill uh, in the Capitol for that. Uh, we're going to talk about that as well. You're listening to KLIN on 1499.3. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We want to thank you for joining us on your drive home today. It's 537 in Lincoln. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander. Jack will be back on Monday. Well, today we're uh, joined by Dr. Elena Newman, candidate for city council in April's primary that's coming up. If you miss our discussion the first half of the show, I highly recommend you go check it out on the podcast. Just go to KLIN.com or the KLIN app and search Drive Time Lincoln, and there you will find it. Well, uh, Dr. Newman, let's uh, let's uh, before we get into some of the specific issues, how can people get in contact with you if they want to learn more about you or even get involved with your campaign? One of the best ways to get in contact with me is through my website, newmanforlincoln.com. It's, it's revamped. I just launched it not too long ago. Really? It is fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, fascinated. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Good. And then most of my followers are on Facebook. So Facebook is another avenue that I use to communicate with people. And I just want people to be aware that I'm the one that runs all of my social media. My webs, like my website responses are going to come from me. I don't have a secretary or an administrative assistant or any of that. Um, I just take off one hat, put on another hat, and ta-da, you get, you get me. <laughs> there you go, including so, the wrapped car. So. A- including the wrapped car, yes. Well, let's, but, yes. Let's, let's talk about your platform. What is your specific platform as you run for city council? It hasn't changed. It's, it's been the same since the last election. I am in support of anything and everything as long as it abides by our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Because remember, I come from a country where there was no constitution mm. and there was no Bill of Rights. You did not have rights. You had a right basically to stay silent. Uh, but it's no more. I always tell people whenever I do talks, I spent the first 10 years of my life on my knees, not doing it anymore. Mm. So um, second thing is support of small businesses. And people can see that you know everything I do, uh, whenever I go to a restaurant or anything like that, I will check in because I think it's important to support our small businesses. They are so important for our economic growth. And with, you know, with the pandemic, with all of the shutdowns, um, lo- you know, lockdowns, all of the all of the things that happened, un- unfortunately, it affected the small businesses the most. So in, in my life, in my personal life, I have basically gotten away from using all the big corporations and I switched to small business and small business only. Um, and then the um, the third thing, transparency and accountability. Those two things have driven everything I do in life, including education, um, everything I do in healthcare, which I work in a pharmacy. Many people know that. And if you don't, I work in a pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, as a small business owner, transparency and accountability is very important. That does not change in politics. And so those three things, those are, that's my bread and butter. That's the bread and butter of my platform. 
Let's start talking about um, some of the issues that are important to our listeners, including public safety. Let's kick off with that one. Um, you know, it's been a big issue. I know Jack has talked a, a ton about when the stats come out every month, um, just the rise in the crime rate that we're seeing in different areas. Now, I know you can mince and I know you can pull things apart and, you know, you can argue about which crime rate is going up and which one's going down. But the reality is we are seeing an uptick in crime and it's important. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people don't understand that we don't have enough officers on the street. And so once you limit the number of officers that we have, you're going to see people getting away with things that, um, you know, that uh, are hurting our fellow citizens. So let's talk about public safety. Where do you stand on that? Absolutely. I'm in, in full support of ensuring that we have enough boots on the ground, as they say, uh, you know, to respond to calls and, and to respond to them on time. Um, you know, that's that's a big thing. When you don't have the police officers, you will be waiting to to get a response. So we need to get the we need to get our police. Um, we need to support our police officers mm-hmm. because that's ultimately that that's what we're kind of seeing. Um, last time I uh, had a you know, that last time I did kind of just a, a broad look at numbers, uh, we should have twice the police officers that we have for the city our size. and you know we're going to be in trouble we we are in trouble and unfortunately like for someone like me i don't have you know i i mean i can talk somebody down you know i can talk to someone until they're bored but like i you know, i wouldn't be able to defend much of anything i mean mm-hmm. if you've seen me i'm a pretty petite pretty petite you know pretty petite petite individual and and so but i think you know we're seeing you know, it's more than just, you know, personal safety. It's traffic safety. It's if you get in a car accident, you know, the response time is longer. Um, you know, if, if you have, a, you know, th- there's only so much that be, can be done with the amount of officers that we have now. So my, you know, my goal is, is how can we make the profession, you know, enticing? And I know that over the last few years, you know, I, I have seen kind of the the um the toll that the kind of the view of police officers has has taken on the police officers. I, I see kind of the lack of respect, so to speak, uh for for the profession. And I, I think the police officers are, are feeling that. That they're kind of you know, that they're disenchanted. Mm-hmm. They wanna help, but there's just there's there's so much um there's just so much going on right now that um at at in some points their hands are just tied mm-hmm. and and so we need to do a better job with that we need to we need to you know how can we support our our police officers how can we support that infrastructure to ensure that we um you know that we are keeping our 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 people safe, the city safe. What would so as we talk about that, and you look at being part of the city council, you're going to be leading, right, and navigating and making decisions. What is your leadership style? Because as you look at even from a you know from the police officer standpoint and our public safety, um, but also in the other areas, how would you lead if you were in that seat? I ask a lot of questions. So my ultimately, I need to understand the issue front back side back you know in from all angles um if we have you know i want to bring in the people who are in you know who are um at the center of the issue 
And I'm not going to have the answers to everything. There, there is no way. But I, you know, I, I want to have discussion on multiple sides of the fence. You know, why, um, why do people think the way they do? Uh, get people involved in having conversations, having those difficult conversations that people don't want to have. Um, I, you know, I want to bring people together. I want to have, I, I want to fill up those chambers and, and have conversations uh, where we can, you know, we can hash some of these things out. I, I'm not, you know, like I said, I, you know, I can only make a decision when I have all the information. If, if I'm asking a question, I need that information in order to make a decision. And it's, it's part of healthcare. It's called informed consent. I can't give, I can't give an opinion without having all mm-hmm. the information. And the only place I can get information is from the people who have firsthand experience. Now, so that's my, that's my style of how I. Yeah. And you're running nonpartisan. Correct. How difficult is it? Because that's one of, I mean, I don't share a lot of personal things on the show, but one of the things that's frustrating to me is I believe everybody has value. I yeah. don't care where you land on what, te- you know, quote unquote side of the aisle you, you know, agree upon or whatever. Everybody has value. But in order to be able to learn and have empathy and understand, you still have to open up the conversation with people yes. that you may not agree with. It might be a difficult conversation, yes. but you need to have the conversation. Do you see, do you sense that we have more of that or less of that as, as you look? Look at uh, running. Being able to have open conversations. Yeah, from people oh, across absolutely the... not having open conversations. It's hard. It's very hard, and uh, it's it's hard because we live in in such a charged culture right now. Um, more so than it it has been. Uh, maybe I'm more aware now, but it's almost like disagreement is bad, and and I I don't understand how. It's okay to disagree, and sometimes you have to agree to disagree, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, when we're talking about leadership and we're talking about a city where you have all of these kind, you know, all sorts of people with all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of life stories, how can we make a decision when we can't even be in the same room having conversations? You can't. So, again, when I say I'm the new face of politics... I'm the new face of politics. I want to have those conversations, and I welcome those conversations. It's 547. We're talking with Dr. Elena Newman, uh, candidate for District 3 City Council seat on 1,499 KLIM. Um, Dr. Newman, uh, today, I believe, uh, LB 709 was presented uh, in the legislature, which uh, would potentially give the city $60 million in state funds to help build a new convention center. And I know that's been a backlog. It's something that uh, has really frustrated me as a business owner of not having enough space in town to be able to bring in, right, um, more business and more uh, exposure to what our city can offer, especially from a business standpoint. Uh, Do you feel this is a good idea? I have a question. Sure. What happened with Pinnacle? <laughs> that, I mean, ultimately, like, that was the whole intent of the arena. And as I'm talking to people, you know, and I know this bill just got brought forward today, but a lot of people are upset at how much tax they pay when they go out to eat. If you look at your bill, yep. it's 
and and some of that is supposed to go towards the the Pinnacle Bank Arena. So what we I mean what what happened to that whole process? I, I thought that was supposed to be kind of the that was going to bring um people into the city. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing I I have a question about is the new casino. I thought that the money that it generated was going to go towards tax relief. And then my other question about this convention center is because it's state funded, does that mean taxes are going to go up? Which ultimately I mean, we're we're taxed beyond belief. People are outliving their houses. They can't afford you know, they they can't afford their houses. And and so how would bringing another thing into the city how is that going to help the situation when people don't have you know the the extra money to even spend like how, how is that going to be funded i mean it's going to be funded by the people yep. but when people can't you know they have to live paycheck to paycheck i just have i have so many questions like my my head is like <laughs> I I want to I want to see a model. I want to see of like money going in, money coming out. How much business is coming in? How much business is coming out? You know, I, I want to see what the plan is for that convention center. Why can't we use Pinnacle Bank Arena for that purpose? So uh, then let's talk about budgeting. Where would you stand in regards to budgeting? I mean, do you want to increase for you know government growth and development? Do you want to you know? Hold the line where you at. Do you want to decrease that? Where would you stand in regards to just spending the funds that um, the tax pay- taxpayers, uh, you know, hand on over? Well, another thing that I'm hearing when I'm going, I mean, everybody can agree on the fact that our budget has an issue. What? Where is where is the money going? I mean, if you go on the website and you try to understand the budget, good luck. I tried. I need like one on one. A good, solid eight to sixteen hour day, just to understand where where the money in the city is going, and I think everything the city does has to have a line item it, it It's part of that um, transparency. People need to understand where their where the money is going, and I think that's one of the biggest frustrations um Particular, I mean, I've heard this, like the roads. Okay. We, we, <laughs> everybody talks about right. the roads. Everybody talks about the roads. Nothing is said about the roads. Nothing, like people ask the same question, but their question is not being answered. And I believe that the city owes an answer. Hmm. And, and as, you know, as, as a constituent, as a person paying for a service, I understand where people want to know where that money is going to. And yes, our roads are better than the, you know, a lot of other cities, but we're not talking about other cities. We're talking about Lincoln. And so when people are asking the questions, those questions have to be answered. Even if the answer is not what you think people want to hear, 
it's still better than not answering the question. How would you envision getting that information out to people then? Because like you said, like I've had trouble trying to find certain information about like who's running, how to run for certain offices, um, what the requirements are, all that. And you have to dig and dig yes. and dig. And um, it makes it very difficult if you want to get involved or if you want to get make an impact. Um, from a budgeting standpoint, how would, you know, how would you envision what it would look like to communicate that to the citizens? I think one of the biggest ways is simplifying the website. I mean, I don't think there are certain people who just want to see big line items. Okay. They want to see total budget, spending, and, and what's left over. That's all they want to know. There are people that want to dig in, in deeper. They want to know each department, and that's all they want to know. And then there are people who want to go in within each department, what are the expenses? So I think having levels of access mm. where people can click a drop down window, it gives you departments. Click on a drop-down window for the department, it gives you the expenses so that people can actually see line by line where where the money is going or where the money is sitting. And that's how I run my business. I have a line item by line item for my business. Um, when I was a program director for at the college, that's how my budget was. I knew line item by line item. Um, I mean, people want to know, and especially now, when our taxes are going up, but we're not seeing results, people are even more interested on where the money is going. Mm -hmm. And so, again, when you're asking the questions and you're not getting the answers, that's when people get a little upset. And I want to make it as transparent as possible. Um, I, I want to lay it easy. I want to lay it out as easy as possible. Uh, the other thing I want to do, at least within my district, is I want to ba go back to having town halls. Come in with your issues. Let's talk about them. Uh, once a month, sure. Once every two weeks, sure. As long as people come, I'll be there. As long as you invite me, I'll come. That's where I'm at. It, this is a leadership position. I see it as such. And it's not, you know, to me, it's not about a title. Never cared about titles. Um, it, it's about kind of showing people or, or allowing people Kind of restoring the trust, I guess, in um, in in places where that lost that trust has been lost. That's where I'm at. You mentioned right. Uh, we've got just a couple minutes here. You mentioned when you walked in. I'm not. I'm not running for the money. What is your current career? So people understand uh, who you are, what you currently do, uh, because I think that adds a lot of value than what you'd bring to the table. So I teach. I'm an educator. Um, I teach psych and soch. Um, at the college level, and then I go into the high schools and I teach dual credit. So I expose high schoolers to the college mm -hmm. academia, so to, so to speak. Um, I also work in a pharmacy, um, so that's in my other part of the day that I do that. And then in the wee hours, when normal people sleep, I do my editing work, which a lot of my editing partners are in different time zones. So, you know, it could be morning where they're at and night where I'm at so it works out perfectly and then in between somewhere in there I have I still manage to, you know to answer all of my messages and all my emails and all that for my campaign and I you know that's that's kind of I have to keep myself occupied so how can people get uh, more information about your campaign again my website newmanforlincoln.com uh, you can click the about tab you can learn everything there is about me there's even an events calendar of where I'm gonna be what I'm gonna be doing 
Uh, if you have any events that you think I should be where I should be, please send it to me. There's a way to sign up to volunteer on my website. There's a place to donate uh, to my website. I cannot do this without you all. I cannot do this um, without help. And I, I don't want to be ahead of anybody. I don't want to be in the back of anybody. I want to be right in line with y'all. All right, Dr. Elena Newman, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you stopping by. It's 556. We're going to take our final break before we wrap things up. You are listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, friends, it's 559. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Doug Fitzgerald. The commander's going to be back in the seat uh, next Monday. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in today on Drive Time Lincoln. If you want to catch the recording of today's show or past shows, simply head on over to our website, KLIN.com, or use the KLIN app and uh, look up Drive Time Lincoln to find the podcast. And there you can listen to all of our past shows. Well, a big thanks to our guest today, Dr. Elena Newman. I want to thank Johnny Cadillac for producing the show. We appreciate that. Sports Nightly is up next. You have been listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Have a great night, everyone.